0: Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, excited to be joined by Brianne Leeming, the founder and CEO of Unruly Studios, the, the creators of Unruly Splats, which is what we're going to be spending uh, a lot of time talking about. Brianne, welcome to Trending in Education.
1: Thank you for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic to have you. And you've worked on a really interesting product that we're going to talk about. It's got fun language. I'm going to say it again, it's Unruly Splats. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear how you got to where you are today in your career as someone who's in a cutting edge role around learning and the future of education. How did you get to where you are today?
1: So I studied cognitive science in undergrad at McGill University and after that went to work in the tech industry in New York. I started in product development and marketing at a luxury watch and jewelry brand, Harry Winston, and then worked in a tech startup and ultimately went to Babson for my MBA. But I was inspired to start Spots because of an early experience I had learning to code as a kid. It trailed me through my career in technology and ended up being the idea that I had that I just kept getting really good traction on, I couldn't stop.
0: And I, I think we should connect it to the whole story too. We like to talk about the origin story. So for instance, in a comic book, one of the earlier panels would probably have you take in some coding classes.
1: I grew up in New Hampshire and I was at public school when I was exposed to the coding language called Microworld at the time. And at the same time, my parents are restaurateurs. So they owned a series of restaurants in New Hampshire. And so all along the way, I was seeing them run a business. And I was also always an athlete. And I think that's definitely come into play for what we're doing today at Unruly Splats.
0: And let's get into that then next, because Unruly Splats, in addition to sounding fun, it's delivered in a way that is more physical than the way people typically would think of a STEM education or coding class. Can you talk about what led to you coming up with the idea of Splats and what they are?
1: What led to me coming up with the idea was I was watching the industry of education technology and STEM education and seeing all these really interactive things coming out. But a lot of them were passive experiences for kids. So a lot of them were kids sitting alone for hours at a time
0: learning alone,
1: which I realized having worked with kids, various sports camps, summer camps, things like that, I knew they don't learn that way and they don't engage that way. They need group activities that are fun, engaging. And so I was thinking, how can we get that element of sports into the STEM industry? And it's much more inclusive that way too. It becomes something that's fun, approachable, collaborative Mm -hmm. versus exclusive. And so that was the initial idea, and I prototyped a bunch of different things that looked nothing like what the splats are today, but that helped us get the concept down and really take feedback from kids and educators and, and come to what we have today of the splats.
0: Can you describe what the splats are?
1: Splats are a STEM learning tool that combines coding with active recess style play for kids K through eighth grade, and they are programmable floor buttons. They light up, they make sound, and they sense when they're stomped on by kids. So they're super durable. Mm. Kids and adults can stomp on them. And then through Bluetooth, they are able to be programmed by a kid-friendly coding language from a, a iPad or a Chromebook. And they create their own rules so they can change the timers, the stopwatch, the, which colors light when, how the victory dance plays off of this last. So for relay races, for things like whack-a-mole, that style of tag, those styles of games. And so it really all came from the concept of wanting to build an electronic playground yeah. that kids could create with. And so that's where that initial idea came from. And it is all about that kids create the rules. They... Change the code to games that we have, and they're super creative. What if they come up with way better games than we do on our team, even? So, yeah,
0: you had me add programmable floor buttons. That's a very <laughs> wonderful explanation of it. And, and the fun part is that then the kids get to program together the games that they're going to play. And as a kid who grew up, you know, playing with kids in the neighborhood, we would just make games up a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and that was part of the joy of being in that age range that you're talking about. So what's cool is that now you can add to that the the floor buttons. They light up and they do interesting interactive things. I have a two-year-old son and if there was something on the ground that he could step on that would light up like that, we need some unruly splats. I know it may be outside of your target audience, <laughs> yeah. but it does just seem like a very fundamental human thing to step on things, to interact with them. Yeah. You've been doing this for a little while and then it's been a little more fully launched of late. Can you talk through that timeline?
1: Yeah. We were bringing it out to the early audience with original prototypes while I was in business school at Babson. After a successful crowdfunding Kickstarter, we brought it to market and officially worked with schools starting 2019. Uh-huh. We're now in hundreds of schools across the U.S. and Canada, and we've had over a million stomps on the product so far from all these kids in all these places, which has been so fun to watch. I'm already a fan of that key
0: performance indicator. Look it up. <laughs> But then if you were to extend this forward, and actually maybe even extending forward from the fall of 2019, then a little uh, something known as this pandemic and a very tumultuous 2020 happened, Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? I imagine that was a challenging time. We all had to pivot rapidly. And a lot of your initial concept of the product was more to be delivered in a live Mm
1: -hmm.
0: classroom setting. The
1: Unruly team had already been Even before the pandemic, we've always been big on talking to teachers all the time, talking to our market, learning what they're going through, what else they need. So that was like already ingrained in our culture. I bring that up because immediately around April, May, we did 200 interviews with educators all across the country, learning what they were going through, what they needed. We ended up accelerating some pieces of our product to launch virtual splats so that They could continue to use our amazing lesson plans, but from home through Zoom Mm -hmm. to get kids, regardless of if they had um, the splats at home, because they were in the school buildings, they could still learn coding, get off the screen, be active. So a lot of just listening to customers, adapting to what they needed. Use it as a point to really build our community of educators, because we found they were really looking for angles to be able to connect with each other. And we've been Mm -hmm. able to make that happen through a lot of things, including these new challenges. We've started doing like the fall fitness challenge where we've got uh, all of our schools across the country competing. So a school in the Bronx, um, Coach G, one of the PE teachers, they won with the most stomps in November. That kind of thing is really bringing them together. A lot of schools that we were working with just wanted these little moments of fun engagement, motivation for kids. And so we've been able to do that through a lot of the different things we're doing and, and bring that element of I'm a big believer
0: in bringing the fun to the learn. I have failed to get the word flirting to take off uh, (laughs) in support of that concept. But it does feel like if your educational experience can be intrinsically rewarding, it's not transactional. You're not doing it to get a grade. You're not doing it to get into college. You're doing it because you just love to do it. Ultimately, that's what we want to inspire in all of us so that we can continue to learn all our lives. And then also the, the social part is a trend that's been huge This year, building from the pandemic and then the Black Lives Matter movement and just all the tumult that we've had to navigate in in the past year. It's been an opportunity, I think, for people to reflect more on who they are, how they're coming at things, and then try to empathize better with others. I imagine the social aspect of the game is very foundational to what you're about.
1: It was definitely always designed to be social and social emotional learning. That's really a, a large trend in education right now. We, through COVID, realized that slots are a perfect fit for that, for learning lessons about communication. When you're building it with a team, you're building, you're really a race with a team and you're testing it out and you're failing and, and learning through, <laughs> which I love. But there's a lot of learning there too around the social element. And so that's something we've thought about since the
0: beginning. Um, I've talked a lot about communities of practice, but if you can get a community together, who's engaged in solving a similar set of problems, maybe aligning around some principles, it does seem like you could find some grassroots uptake around the approach that you're taking. Can you talk about how teachers have responded and maybe connected to each other and a community of interest around what you're doing with your product?
1: It's been a major part of building the community and just what it looks like when splats get to a school. And we've designed our model based on ongoing training and support because often we're the first computer science program that's being brought into a school or they're, they've done some things, but this is a really all encompassing because our goal is to get computer science into all aspects of the day, not just its own corner. We want it to be in PE and music and in the lessons about social emotional learning and go throughout the day and be this learning tool that gets applied to what they're already doing. We have these communities at a school where the teachers are working together cross-curricular, maybe teachers that don't normally work together like the tech teacher, the STEM teacher and the PE teacher. And that's been so fun because the principals we work with love their staff collaboration and it is a morale booster too in that way of getting this whole kind of groundswell at a school. And then when we bring the multi-school competitions, then it becomes really fun because now you're competing against other schools. Yeah, we just did one where after our hour of code in December, the classes who completed the challenge, their teacher received a pie kit in the mail and they actually had to pie themselves in the face for the kids because it's like the kind of thing that virtually you're not having as much anymore. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to bring those silly things from school back.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's all the fascinating stuff. If folks want to figure out how to get access to this or learn more about this, where should they go?
1: Head to unrulysplats.com and we're also on Twitter at unruly underscore
0: That's a lot, but that really gets us to where we are today, where we're recording this in late January. The the second wave of coronavirus seems to still be quite in effect. Vaccines starting to come out. The spring semesters are coming back. It's a very challenging time. It sounds like you've been able to rally to meet many of those challenges, which is awesome. But uh, as someone who's leading a relatively new venture into educational technology how are you thinking about the the future? What are some of your plans in terms of the the coming year and heading into the the twenty twenties?
1: Yeah, it really feels twenty twenty was preparing us for this because we did so much work. We built you know programs for any scenario. So virtual, there was hybrid where you're code at home, play at school, and then there was all the full in in person, but with social distancing. And spots are actually super easy to clean, so we had that as well of the sanitization piece. And now. Mm-hmm. Heading into this year, the momentum is building day by day, and I can't wait because we're doing our biggest rollout yet with a bunch of schools all at once for our March Slats Madness competition. So it's snowballing, and I think as schools do go back to school, they're really thinking about getting kids engaged, making it a really inclusive, approachable place, incorporating things like this into the day, getting back into group activities, teamwork. Yeah, they've been missing out on and I'm so excited for it and of course we've like done everything to get that happening at home as well but I can't wait we're already seeing the coolest Twitter videos shared back with us of what's happening and and they're all the kids and in the masks, but they're doing the coolest like push-ups and fun fitness routines with the slats. So it's been, it's it's exciting.
0: I am picking up a little bit of a CrossFit vibe uh, (laughs) to to some of what you're you're describing here. The other trend that I've been really interested in is class outside. The idea of moving to new spaces, getting out of the confines of the traditional classroom. Mm -hmm. That does dovetail with better ventilation and what does seem the safer way to bring kids back into schools, I imagine you, you play nice in that environment too. The splats can be outside in a courtyard. Can you use them in different physical contexts?
1: They're not really built for outdoor, although okay. some schools do use it that way. So there's a school in Hawaii with this cool outdoor courtyard with a roof over it. I think the cool thing about them is that they can spread out really far. They can go 50 mm-hmm. feet apart across a whole big gym, but yeah. so many schools that don't have that space. So, right. what's great about them is that a lot of our classrooms you'll see. They've changed the environment. They've moved the desks and chairs out to the side. There's a really cool foot fire drill for football that is counting all your steps, but it literally takes two feet of space and you can yes. do that one and get really active and sweaty.
0: That was the other thing I saw is that it seemed like it would work well with social distancing. Yeah. And then even as you get to higher density, once we're safe around each other again, a lot of what you've designed could work with a relatively large number of kids in a classroom mm-hmm. because they're they're keeping in their own section when they're active yes
1: and a lot of teachers like the way we designed it to be a flexible tool so teachers are incorporating it in any way that they want to and we give a lot of supports for that we we have these lesson plans to inspire how you could include it in what you're doing but the teachers really decide and they can do games where it is two kids in one small place or one kid here and, and one kid all the way across the room and that's where the coding comes into is even games they could be slowed down sped up flexible for any learner around what you're trying to accomplish and that's why we spend so much time training the teachers because we want them in 30 days to be an expert so they can incorporate it into all the things they're doing so pe teachers are incredible at making up games for splash (laughs) once you give them that tool of how to use this as a tool oh my gosh they already have all the games in their head and they just help the kids create them we had a new market open up of music teachers through covid because they're not able to use their instruments but we have a teacher, Kathy in Florida, who was using Splats as this giant piano and she had each kid was playing a note all across the room. They weren't able to use their instruments, their recorders, but they were able ah. to play music hmm. through COVID and we have a full music library in there for creating garage band style music these.
0: That's very cool. And I heard you have a big festival of sorts coming up, a convocation of all the, the Splats users around the world.
1: We do, yes. We have Splats Madness coming up in March. You <laughs> know you do have the... The other. Um, March Madness,
0: yeah. Bracket, right? Yeah. yeah. So
1: uh, we're doing that um, as our second large competition, really collaborative and competitive in ways between all our schools. We're super excited. More details to come, but it's getting ready and it's all going to be about moving and getting kids active.
0: So a lot in flight. Things are picking up, which is great. A lot on the horizon as well. Before we wrap up, Brianna, I'd love to ask my guests. What else is happening in the world around us that is capturing your imagination these days? Is there anything we haven't talked about that our listeners uh, need to keep an eye on?
1: I am really excited with the growth in the education space and and just generally the interest in ed tech and, and how quickly that's growing. And I think a big part of that's been really exciting is just The equity and and diversity angle of just how many new people are joining the space, wanting to solve problems here, seeing problems, identifying and and starting to either build companies or join companies and solve them. Diversity has always been a core value of ours and knowing from the beginning that the highest functioning teams are diverse teams and that that actually implicates a lot of what we do with kids around STEM education and making sure that we're an on-ramp for diversity in STEM. And that ends up being the people who are building products that we all use every day and how important it is to have diversity in those rooms that are making decisions. I'm really excited by what I'm seeing and who's interested in joining our company.
0: You're probably developing future entrepreneurs and engineers Mm -hmm. by virtue of them having good active fun during their school day. It's a nice way to connect all the dots. Brianne Leeming, the founder and CEO of Unruly Studios, the the creators of Unruly Splats. Brianne, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And for our listeners, uh, if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend, share us, love us. We are trending in education. We'll be back again soon.